Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring TMA with Nick Hamilton, Extra Dose. This is TMA with Nick Hamilton. Wake your goat mouth ass up. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what this is coming down through the audience, but look like he just came out of the basement. TMA with Nick Hamilton. You know what I'm saying? Thank you because because now. Ladies and gents, welcome to a new edition of TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM Slam Radio 145. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be on this planet. Hope everybody had a good weekend and a great start to the brand new week. I have a lot to talk about on this episode. We'll get into the latest with the Los Angeles Lakers and the the status of LeBron James. Also, what's going on with the L.A. Clippers? What the hell is going on with the Knicks? What are they drinking in the city of the Big Apple? Also, we'll get into Trevor Bauer's comments about the L.A. Dodgers. Is he on point or is he off base? Also, we'll get into Aaron Rodgers and what the hell is going on in the world of Green Bay, quote-unquote, title town. We'll get into that, and we'll celebrate and highlight the efforts and the player himself, Russell Westbrook. All that and more here on TMA with Nick Hamilton. Now, make sure you follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Nick Hamilton LA. You can also follow me and keep up with me on Twitter at Nick Hamilton 213. Now, the LA Lakers coming off an incredible win on Sunday night. I happened to be in the house, so I witnessed it firsthand. And let me tell you something, that even though it was a small crowd, that crowd was electric. I mean, the the, the players fed off the energy. The Lakers had a huge game against the Phoenix Suns, the number two seeded Phoenix Suns in the Western Conference. Chris Paul and company came into town. And let me tell you something, the Lakers did not lay down like a bunch of bowling pins when they see a bowling ball. They they rose to the occasion. They stood up, led by Anthony Davis, who led all scores with a double-double, 42 points, 12 rebounds. He was absolutely efficient. There was a moment, in, in I believe, in the fourth quarter where he got tangled up, and he was kind of limping a little bit. We thought we, I'm sure Laker Nation, along with the rest of us, kind of held our breath for a moment and said, hope he's okay. Okay, he's fine. He's back on the court. He's running. He's getting up and down the court. Had a huge block in the fourth quarter that can, I think that can continue to lead the charge and kind of just energize the rest of the players, especially in that second unit. Um, so Anthony Davis was the MVP of that game. Anthony Davis made sure that he had everything he needed to get that W because the Lakers absolutely needed that win. They could not continue to slide down the hill, uh, especially after that, 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 you know, terrible game uh, against the Portland Trailblazers on Friday, that last Friday night. So to me, I think this Laker team is trying to get primed and ready for the playoffs. They're going to make the playoffs obviously because they're still uh, in prime contention because they have to play in a playing game. But when we spoke with Frank Vogel, he felt like this could be an opportunity to stay fresh and not get out of rhythm by them playing, you know, these two play-in games that they have to play. And I tend to agree with him on that. I think sometimes if you got some momentum heading down the stretch and you have that week off, it can be a plus or it can be a, a, a minus. It can be a plus if you have guys that are jammed, guys that are injured. It gives them opportunities to get more treatment, to get rest, to get healthy. 
And then if you got a team that really not jammed with a lot of injuries, but then they stop, it kind of messes with the momentum because you got you kind of get out of rhythm. You got to you got to get back in sync. You got to get back in basketball. You know, I won't say basketball shape, but get back into that mentality of playing ball and, and, and you know, getting geared up for the playoff series. So I think to me, I think it will probably it may benefit the Lakers who could use more games as far as just being that cohesive unit and getting used to one another. Um, it could benefit them by playing these playing games to get that timing, that cohesiveness and be able to really come out and not start a, a series flat. Because if you start a series flat with the bullseye as big as it is on their backs, teams are going to come at them left and right and they want to get a strike. And if they can get them early, if you can hit the Lakers early and often in a series and get them with their backs against the wall, like they're down 0-3, you have a great chance of making sure that you can put them away. And the Lakers cannot afford to get down 0-3 in any series this year. I don't care. And I'm not saying that against, I'm not knocking the Lakers as far as their talent is concerned, because I think they're immensely talented when they are healthy. And it's something interesting that Anthony Davis said because he kept he was asked about LeBron. And here's what he had to say about LeBron. And here's what his outlook was moving forward when LeBron comes back. What I seen from LeBron today, he's he'll be fine. Trust me, he'll he'll be fine. Um, he's been in this game long enough. Um, obviously, haven't missed a ton of games, but uh, he's been in this league long enough to be able to come back in and lock in and do what he got to do to help the team. Um, but we don't know what the team's thinking. I mean, we, we know that we're confident, you know, against anybody we match up against, um, especially when we're fully healthy. So that's our mindset. And um, like I say, you know, other teams got to, you know, prepare for it just because we're fifth, sixth, seven, eight, whatever we are. Uh, we 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 gonna come out and fight, and I think teams know that. They know that just because we're a lower seed, we're not gonna, um, you know, back down from anybody. We're gonna come out and play Lakers basketball, and um, I think teams know that and uh, and feel that as well. So the Lakers are primed. They're not down on themselves. They're gonna fight. Hopefully, Kyle Kuzma will come back healthy. LeBron James seems to be on the verge. I know Frank Vogel is trying to be very tight-lipped about when his. His arrival is going to return, whether it's going to be tonight against the New York Knicks at Staples or whether it be on banner night on Wednesday against the Houston Rockets. Either way, my advice, and I'm again, I've never played NBA basketball a day in my life, but I would caution the Lakers and I would caution the coaching staff as well as LeBron James himself. No need to rush back. You're going to have a very grueling playoff stretch. No need to try to put too much pressure on that ankle, which got LeBron James to re-aggravate that ankle when he came back weeks ago. So if you're LeBron James and you're the Lakers, you want to make sure you take your time. Maybe put LeBron James on some sort of a miss restriction for these next back-to-back games. I would not have LeBron James. If LeBron James comes back tonight against the New York Knicks, I would not have LeBron James playing the following night against the Houston Rockets, even though it is banner night where the fans finally get an opportunity to, to, to get the banner raised uh, for the 2020 World Championship. As important and impactful as that is, I would not have LeBron James playing back-to-back games coming back from an ankle injury. There's no way in hell. That's not even that's not smart. And I believe Frank Vogel is a very smart coach. I think he has an incredibly intelligent coaching staff. 
Anthony Davis, when healthy, is the is the engine that can carry this team until LeBron returns. Because LeBron, if they're going to make a serious run at a championship and repeating as champions, LeBron James has got to be 90 plus percent healthy, along with Anthony Davis, along with everybody else. And they got to get Dennis Schroeder back. Dennis Schroeder, when he comes away from the COVID protocols and the health and safety, um, Frank Vogel thought that, and, and believes that he may be able to get into the last game of the regular season. But it's going to take him time to get get back full strength. I mean, we we spoke with Marcus Saul on Monday, and he was Marcus Saul was asked about how he felt because Marcus Saul also suffered from COVID at one point in time, and he said Marcus Saul basically said, "Look, it took me about a month to really get back to really feel like I'm my old self again, and I'm still working myself in, but at the same time, I feel a hell of a lot better than I did at the time that I first returned." And we saw the effects of what COVID did to Cam Newton when he played with the New England Patriots during the NFL season. Cam Newton wasn't healthy. He wasn't fully healthy. It took him a while to come back. And I'm not making any excuses for him, but COVID affects different people, unfortunately, in different ways. So Dennis Schroeder can come back in a week and probably have be back to full, full, you know, full strength. Some people it takes a month, some it takes two months. So you never know. But the important factor is the Lakers have got to get all of their guys back healthy. Because if they don't have all their guys together and then they got to be able to learn how to play together, you got Andre Drummond, you have uh, Anthony Davis, LeBron, Montrez Harrell, Mark Gasol, Kyle Kuzma. You go in that second unit with Taylor Horton Tucker, Alex Caruso, Ben McLemore, who's been a damn sure guy sent. He hasn't fallen off not one time. He's been performing better to me than Andre Drummond has at times. And I just believe it's timing with Andre Drummond. I'm not saying Andre Drummond is not talented and doesn't fit the bill. I just believe it's just timing. And sometimes you could put a little bit too much pressure on guys that don't aren't used to having that type of pressure to balancing a team on their shoulders. AD has been used to doing that when he was in New Orleans. So it's muscle memory for him. That's why he was able to, to take advantage on Sunday night against the Suns. And they needed that game. They're going to need this game tonight, on Tuesday night, rather, against the New York Knicks. They're going to have to literally win out. Now, do I see them creeping back into the sixth seed? No. I think Portland is probably going to win out their games. They may lose one, but they'll probably win out their games. So they'll be in the seventh seed. And I would love, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure the NBA as well, would love to see a Lakers-Warriors play-in matchup. Because Steph Curry moves the needle. And if you have a healthy LeBron and AD, and you got Steph Curry who lost Klay Thompson, who lost his Robin to his Batman, and the way the Warriors have been up and down all season, that's remarkable for them to even be in the play-in game. That's going to be must-see TV. And I like John Morant. I like Zion. I know Zion's going to be out for a while. I know David Griffin was whining about how Zion was officiated. It happens, man. Get over it. Shaq and Barkley went through the same things in their careers. It happens. Get over it. You're going to have to start playing a little smarter. 
when he gets when he gets around the basket, plain and simple. But the matchup I want to see, I'm sure a lot of you that are listening want to see. Lakers and Warriors. No cow versus SoCal. That's the matchup I want to see. Speaking of SoCal, the LA Clippers on Sunday in the early matinee were defeated by the New York Knicks. And Derrick Rose led the led the charge. Derrick Rose, I be I believe he finished with 25 points. Julius Randle finished with a double-double, especially in the fourth quarter. He was amazing in that fourth quarter. And I'm concerned, I'm a little concerned about the LA Clippers. I'm a little concerned about the Clippers. I won't lie. The Clippers have been battling injuries as well. I like what the, I like the addition of Boogie Cousins. I like what he's been doing in the paint. I like Rajon Rondo with that second unit along with Boogie. But I'm a little concerned with the Clippers. I, I think Reggie Jackson has had a phenomenal season this year. He has really turned it up another notch. But Kawhi and PG, and and I'm I'm wondering, can they get to the mountaintop? Because you can't lose games like this. I'm not saying the Knicks are a pushover because the Knicks are a very formidable team. They really credit to Tom Thibodeau, Leon Rose. Credit to those guys. They have really turned this franchise around, despite having us one of the dumbest owners in sports. They have really turned this cha- this franchise around and really given the city of New York something to cheer about. Something not named the Brooklyn Nets. And they came in with that defense, and we all know Tom Thibodeau is a defensive teacher and a technician. So we know he's going to execute defense if nothing else. And then they put the clamps down on the Clippers. They made it extremely difficult for the Clippers to score, whether it was Kawhi Leonard, whether it was Zubac, whether it was Paul George at, at times. And the Clippers are going to have to really win out on the road. They're going to have to really step it up on the road. Serge Ibaka is still out. So that would be interesting to see when he returns. I believe he will be playoff ready. So he'll be in uniform at some point. He won't be look, dressing like he's like he looking like Darkwing Duck on the sidelines. He's going to help tremendously, especially at the fourth spot. But the Clippers have definitely got to get it together. I mean, this is a make or break. This is a make or break postseason for the Los Angeles Clippers. I've said this before and I'll say it again. This postseason will determine more than likely where Kawhi Leonard will go or will he stay? Will he stay in Los Angeles, sign a longer term deal to pair up with Paul George, or will he bounce to the other side of the country? Was saying wiggling this toe, sipping a Mai Tai to help another franchise in the Eastern Conference get back to the NBA Finals. There's really only two destinations you can go to. If you're Kawhi Leonard, you either stay in L.A., suck it up, try to acquire another person if you can, another player that we, that you feel that can really help you, or you go to South Beach. And team up with the Miami Heat. I thought it may have been a mistake for the Clippers to give Paul George that humongous contract this soon, because now you got, you're going to have a problem with money. Because if you sign both Paul George and Kawhi, it's going to be a little bit more difficult for you to sign another player that you may need long term. 
So I thought they were a little, they were a little hasty. I mean, they were a little premature, I should say, with signing with Paul George. And I have nothing against Paul George. I think Paul George is a good player. Does he deserve it? I'm not begrudging anybody that gets their money. But I'm saying from an organization standpoint, I think you could have waited and see how both of these guys are going to shape up. Because you're definitely going to have to pay, excuse me, Kawhi Leonard. But again, they have to get to the, at least the NBA Finals to make a strong push, I do believe. Because if I'm Kawhi Leonard, I got options. And if Kawhi doesn't stay and you guys don't get to the NBA Finals, once again, the Kawhi Leonard experiment failed. Now you got to start from scratch. In a city that is dominated by the Dodgers and the Lakers. Who just are coming, both franchises are coming off championships. You got to make a name for yourself in this big city. Because there are teams in this city that are coming about. Football season is right around the corner. Fans are coming, fans are allowed to come back. Not too many people would be thinking about the Clippers in the offseason outside of wondering if Kawhi is going to stay or go. It'll be baseball season. And people would be trying to figure out if the Dodgers are going to make it or not. Speaking of the Dodgers, I'll be talking about them coming up after, on the other side of the break. This Trevor Bauer made some serious, strong comments about his team. Is he right or is he completely off base? We'll get into that in more on the other side of the break. You're checking out TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM, Slam Radio 145. Stay tuned. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker everywhere. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Sirius XM. Yeah. Ladies and gents, welcome back to TMA with Nick Hamilton here on SiriusXM Slam Radio 145. Make sure you hit me up on social media on Twitter at NickHamilton213. The Los Angeles Dodgers, who have lost 14 out of their last 19, currently sit in third place in the NL West. Yes, these are the 2020 Major League Baseball World Series champions. That's right. They started off with a bang and then ultimately due to injury, started to fizzle out. They've been decimated with injuries between A.J. Pollock, between guys in the bullpen and the rotation, and they've been being able to barely tread water. Over the weekend, they faced the Los Angeles Angels in Anaheim during the first part of the freeway series where the Angels took two out of three from the L.A. Dodgers. Now, they had an incredible, an incredible game on Saturday night. If you missed it, you may want to go back and watch it on YouTube or maybe check it out on the MLB Network because that was probably one of the most incredible games that I've been able to be a part of and witness, especially in person, between the hypeness of the crowd because you had half Dodger fans, you had half Angel fans. And so the the Dodgers were up at, uh, I think Kershaw went five and a third. They were up 13 nothing. Now you would think a team up 13 nothing. You're like, okay, they got it in the bag, right? It's the Dodgers. Mookie Betts was hitting well. Corey Seager was hitting well. Chris Taylor was hitting well. The defense was playing pretty well. And the Dodgers were coming off a huge victory that Friday night. A victory that they damn sure needed. Excuse me. They came off a loss. I'm sorry, because the Angels beat them that Friday night 
on a loss. My apologies. So they definitely needed a win. And you think, okay, 13 nothing. It's in the bag. I started working on other stuff. Then all of a sudden, here comes one run. Here comes a couple more runs from the Angels. Angels' bat started warming up. And little do you know, next thing I look up, in about the eighth inning, it was 14 to 11. And I'm thinking, oh, snap, here we go. If the Dodgers happen to trick off this lead and crap the bed, ooh, that's going to be one of the worst losses probably this season that they've experienced. But fortunately, they were able to hold it off, and they won the game 14-11. Series tie 1-1. Sunday, you got Trevor Bauer going against Quintana. You figure Trevor Bauer, who's been successful in his starts, who has been not getting the run support that he needed, You figure, okay, the Dodgers may have this. He was very successful. He's been successful in his in his you know in his appearances. You figure, okay, they got something here. And wrong. Dodgers lost two to one. Left left guys on base, left guys in scoring position. Weren't able to capitalize. And Trevor Bauer at the end of the game said, quote, I don't necessarily want to speak for the team, but I'm pissed personally. I don't like losing. I want to win. That's why I came here. End quote. You know what? Trevor Bauer is absolutely right. Why do you think he came to the Dodgers? Yeah, they came off a World Series win, and everybody looks good when you have a World Series win. It's almost like the dude that didn't get a lot of attention because he was pole broke and lonely. And all of a sudden, he comes into a lot of money, which brings a lot of prestige, which eventually brings some power to him. And now all of a sudden, that same dude that ladies were dissing and not giving five minutes or five seconds to, all of a sudden, he's the hottest thing on the block. What changed? His financial status and his, and his clout. That's what changed. Same thing with the Dodgers. This team was a talented team. And you figure when you came back into the fold for the season, you had David Price coming back. We all know the success that David Price has had over the course of his career. You figure, okay, David Price had a year off. He's healthy. You got Blake training, uh, Tony Gosselin. You got uh, Julio Urias. You have Walker Bueller, Clayton Kershaw. Now you're going to add Trevor Bauer to the mix. Oh, my God. Where is the weakness? And lo and behold, look what happens. The Dodgers look atrocious. They look pathetic. Trevor Bauer can't get any run support. And then, as I explained to you all just a few seconds ago, when Clayton Kershaw was on the mound, who looked absolutely fantastic, five and a third, I don't understand why Dave Roberts pulled him to begin with. I would let Kershaw go at least to the seventh, knowing you're going to struggle with your bullpen, because that's been the problem for the last several games, it's been your bullpen. They've been giving it up randomly, just taking shots. So I don't blame Trevor Bauer. And I wonder, and my follow-up question about if I was able to ask him a question like that, hey, what sense do you get from the from the guys in the locker room? Because you can't be the only one feeling this way. You may be the only one that may be voicing it, but I guarantee you he's had a sense 
or he uh, there been some type of conversation in that locker room about how pissed guys are and how perturbed and upset and frustrated guys are and they should be there's no excuse and i know it's a long season you got 162 games plus the playoffs and i get it it's a very grueling season and it's early in the season so people may be saying nick you may be overreacting man it's still early in the season they still haven't you know completely haven't gotten to the halfway mark yet i get that but if you continue to lose and you have a losing mentality you think that's going to change no and you got guys that are frustrated like trevor bauer mind you trevor bauer is technically only here for a year he has the opt-in to the rest of his deal if he chooses to and if they don't win the championship this year you think trevor bauer is going to stay much like I told you in the last segment about Kawhi Leonard staying with the Clippers. Do you think Trevor Bauer will be wanting to stay here? You better spit some good game in his ear. And let me tell you something. Rachel Luba ain't nothing to fool with. That woman knows her stuff. She's an incredible agent. You think she's going to let her client be subjected to this type of mediocrity? Nope. Nope. She's all about her business and getting the best deals and the best opportunities for her clients to excel. Whether it's Trevor Bauer, whether it's Yasiel Puig, whoever else she may be representing. And Trevor Bauer is a winner. He wants to win. Man's a 2020 Cy Young Award winner. The man is about his business. Yes, he's happy to be back home in Southern California. But if you're not going to at least compete or win a championship, what the hell is he here for? And yes, when guys get back healthy, yes, things will change. And hopefully they'll, they'll swing upward and they'll start winning some, some really tight ball games, but they got to get the run support on a consistent basis. That's been the problem. That's been the problem with Trevor Bowers' outings. He hasn't gotten the proper run support. There's a couple of other starters that haven't gotten the proper run support. So the bats have got to start getting consistently hot. And you've got to bring in guys in scoring position on a consistent basis. If you don't, it's going to be a very long season. And there's a team, if you take the five freeways south of Los Angeles, there's a team down there in San Diego that's itching to dethrone the Dodgers, named the San Diego Padres. Fernando Tatis Jr., uh, I think Dodger Stadium, is he, he's pretty much rented space in Dodger Stadium, the way he's been playing. Dodgers better get it together and wake up. Because if they don't, it'll be a very long season. They love you now, but they will throw trash and throw fruit at you if you don't at least compete or get back to winning the chip. So I know Dave Roberts has his, his work cut out for him, and I think Dave Roberts is an incredible baseball mind. So I'm far be it for me to, to question a lot of things that Dave Roberts does, but damn it, I will question certain things. I have no problem with that at all. And when I get, I get a chance to talk to Dave Roberts, I ask him certain questions. But the one thing I will say about Dave Roberts, he's not scared to answer questions. He will answer your question. And he doesn't give you no, he doesn't give you a political answer like some of these coaches I've dealt with in, in various leagues. They want to give you an answer and they 
It's all political. Like, I feel like I'm going to the damn voting booth. They want to dance around a question like they puffy at a video shoot. Nobody got time for that, man. Give it to me straight. Straight, no chasing. Not even on the rocks. That's what I want. Speaking of straight with no chaser, the Green Bay Packers have not given it to Aaron Rodgers straight in the last few years. And this is why we are currently at an impasse, it seems to be, where Aaron Rodgers uh, and the Green Bay Packers relationship seems to be beyond repair. Mike Holmgren, who was was a former head coach at one point, coached the Green Bay Packers said that that the Green Bay Packers were not handling the Aaron Rodgers situation well. And this is not the first time they haven't handled the situation well. Totally agree with them. There's no reason why we should be discussing whether Aaron Rodgers is going to be in Green Bay this coming season or will he retire or will he get traded. No way. Why are we even talking about this? Because Green Bay didn't do what it was supposed to do when it came to taking care of their star MVP quarterback, the the man who runs the place, the face that runs the place, the man, the bad man known as Aaron Rodgers. And you mean to tell me you couldn't even consult with this man about what your moves are going to be? I mean, what the hell is going on with this organization? They look like the old version of the Cleveland Browns organization look dysfunctional and out of touch with reality. Hell, the green, the Cleveland Browns organization, at least they're starting to shape up. They're starting to bring trying to w- bring a winning culture to the city of Cleveland and the Browns organization. I gotta give I gotta give Cleveland, the, the Browns organization, a lot of props. Look at what they're trying to do. Look how they changed the culture. What is the culture in Green Bay? Because to me, it looks dysfunctional as hell. And not only that, you got a guy like Aaron Rodgers who probably has maybe two to three years remaining in his career. And this is what you do? This man has done more with less. This man won the MVP award last season. And to me, look at the years of how you drafted. You didn't do anything to help this man. And I know this man is complaining to the front office. Aaron Rodgers is not shy of speaking his mind. And this is what you do? I remember watching the NFL draft when they were drafting players. That room looked so lackluster. You saw other teams, they were cheering, they were high-fiving each other. They were fist-pumping. I looked at the Chargers when Tom Telesco was, was, was making moves. They were fist pumping. They were charging. They were sounding enthusiastic about drafting the guys. You look at the Green Bay Packers locker room, uh, war room. It looked like a damn funeral in there. It looked so damn out of place. You thought somebody died. And yet you have a guy like Aaron Rodgers, a premier quarterback, Super Bowl winner. And you guys are at the uh, opposite ends. So what does Aaron Rodgers go from here? Because Aaron Rodgers actually has some options. Obviously, he can retire, which I don't see him doing. 
I know he likes to host Jeopardy. I look at the Cleveland Browns, which I think they're all sold on Baker Mayfield. And Baker Mayfield is a good is a good quarterback. I think he gets sometimes he gets unfairly criticized. But I think overall, I think Baker Mayfield is a good serviceable quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. And if they can return Odell Beckham to that to that offensive, you know, to that offense rather, I think they'll be in business. I look at the New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Saints could probably give up two first rounders, give up Jameis Winston, give up maybe offensive linemen. You could plug, and then you can plug Aaron Rodgers down there. I would love to see him play for the Saints because if the Saints, and that would be the ultimate boss move. You 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 watch Drew Brees retire, and then you bring in another future Hall of Famer, Aaron Rodgers. My goodness gracious, man! I want to know what the lottery numbers are. Because y'all can't be that lucky. Now, Denver has also been known to be a good landing spot for Aaron Rodgers. And personally, just from my own personal perspective, I would love to see Aaron Rodgers in the AFC West. We get to me covering the, the Los Angeles Chargers. I am privileged to see one of the, to me, one of the greatest quarterbacks to play the game in Patrick Mahomes twice a year. I am also privileged to see and watch a developing quarterback in Justin Herbert, who had a phenomenal rookie season. I do believe he'll have an incredible sophomore season this year, as long as he stays healthy and upright. And I think the Chargers have done, uh, you know, done a a pretty tremendous job as far as protecting him and giving him time to get the ball off to his targets. So we'll see how that all comes together. But then you have Aaron Rodgers in Denver with Jared Judy. And those guys in Denver, dear Lord. And we get to see that twice a year. How competitive would the AFC West be? And then you got Derek Carr with the Las Vegas Raiders. How competitive would the AFC West be now? Because you know Aaron Rodgers is going to go out there to prove a point, much like how we saw Tom Brady go to Tampa Bay and prove a point down there to Bill Belichick. How'd that work out for Tom Brady? So I would love to see him in Denver. I would love to see him in New Orleans. But I would especially love to see Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. I mean, excuse me, in in uh, <laughs> Denver, in Denver with the Broncos. Whatever the Broncos have to do, if they don't have to gut the farm to get him, I pick up that phone and pull the trigger immediately. As of yesterday, as of yesterday. Speaking of yesterday's news, uh, did y'all see Tim Tebow is potentially going to sign a one-year deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars as a tight end? Mm. Imagine that. I've never seen Tim Tebow play tight end ever in my life. I think he's going to get eight up. Can he block? Probably a little bit. Not enough to stop a wide receiver. I mean, not enough to, 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 to get the ball off. I think Tim Tebow was past his prime. The man was a it was a horrible quarterback in, in the NFL. Yeah, he got lucky a few times to get some passes off to mediocre defenses. Let's be clear about that. Nobody wants to talk about the mediocre defenses that he had to face. Because that year against the Steelers, that was a mediocre defense. Let's not let's not praise him too much. 
Tim Tebow tried in, in Major League Baseball, failed. Tried in football, failed as a quarterback. I swear to God, man, privilege is something in this in this day and age. Because there's no way in hell you would get Tim Tebow back on some NFL roster if, if he didn't have the privilege and if Urban Meyer wasn't the head coach. Because obviously him and Urban Meyer have a very incredible relationship from his days back in Florida. But I think this is a joke. And I think these kinds of moves make me realize, damn. Yeah, I don't know about Urban Meyer as a head coach in the NFL. I think it may be disastrous. But then again, he could prove me wrong. And it could be a success in the next couple years for Urban Meyer and his staff. We'll see. But damn it, Tim Tebow back in the NFL? Dear God, now we got to deal with Tebow and all this, all these ball washers who like to lather Tebow up. Dear God, I'm not ready for that. And I, I'm already tired of it as it is. And we haven't even gotten to the contract signing in it. He hasn't even been in uniform yet. I'm already disgusted and tired with talking about Tim Tebow. And I try not to talk about Tim Tebow on this show. Because he's mostly hype. He's more hype than the Ball Brothers. And at least one of the Ball Brothers actually was worth a damn. And that's LaMelo. So at least you got one out of three. This dude is mostly hype. He was a great collegiate player, but damn it, he didn't do a damn thing in the NFL or on the Major League Baseball level with the Mets. That's why they cut his sorry ass. And it's gonna be another, it's gonna be another crap show this year. They're trying to sell tickets and they're trying to sell hype to, to hype up the, the situation in Jacksonville because ain't nobody paying attention to the damn Jaguars outside of Trevor Lawrence. Nobody even gives a damn about the Jaguars. Let's be clear. People want to see how Trevor Lawrence is going to do as far as him getting accustomed to the NFL lifestyle as, as a starting quarterback. Whether he does well or does if he doesn't, but people are going to pay attention to that more so than the Jacksonville Jaguars as a team. Like he's a damn about the Jaguars. Who cares? All right, y'all. Coming up on the other side of the break. We'll get into my three cents while I talk about anything and everything from the world of sports, politics, pop culture, entertainment, whatever it is, you know I'm going to talk about it. You're checking out TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM, Slam Radio 145. Stay tuned. This is Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. All right, y'all. Final segment of the show, TMA with Nick Hamilton in the house. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at Nick Hamilton LA. All right, so here you here we go. My three cents, where I talk about anything and everything from the world of sports, pop culture, politics, whatever it is, you know I'm going to talk about it. Now, Russell Westbrook. People, some people love him, some people hate him, and some even respect him. Russell Westbrook on Monday night against the Atlanta Hawks set a record. For most triple doubles in his career, beating the great Oscar Robinson to set the record. And no, the Wizards did not win the game. The Atlanta Hawks won the game, 125-124 in Atlanta. Russell Westbrook scored 28 points, 21 assists, 13 rebounds, 
was 10 for 22 from the field and 40 minutes worth of work. Uh, he was three for seven from three point land. No surprising. So he shot it right around 40% or so. My math serves me correctly. Russell Westbrook, I listen, I don't hate on Russell Westbrook. Uh, there have been times where Russell has been a jerk to the media. Some of it's been warranted and some of it hasn't. But overall play, I love watching Re- Russell Westbrook play. I think he's the energizer bunny. That dude's going to give you his all. He's going to give it. He's going to lay it out all on the floor. But Russell Westbrook strikes me as a stat pattern. Meaning, I've seen him in times in his career, many a games, where two guys will stand around or another guy will stand around the box out so that Russell Westbrook can get the rebound. Knowing full well that a dude that's six foot 12 could stand right under the basket and get the rebound just as easy as Russell Westbrook could. There were times in the game against the Atlanta Hawks, where I've watched, where they played, they ran the Bel Air offense. If you're not familiar with the Bel Air offense, let me let me educate you on that. Those of you who have ever grew up, grew up on watching the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, I think around season one, maybe season two, Will Smith's character was a high school guy playing on the basketball team. Well, Coach Smiley loved Will Smith, loved him so much that was his ticket to the top. He thought because Will was that good of a basketball player, so he ran something called the Bel Air offense, which is. He asked everyone, Coach Smiley asked every one of the players, not named Will Smith, what do you do when you get the ball? Pass it to Will. What do you do when you get the ball? Pass it to Will. What do you do when you get the ball? Pass it to Will. So you get my drift. That's exactly what happened with the Washington Wizards. What do you do when you get the ball? Pass it to Russ. What do you do when you see a rebound? Let Russ get it. What do you do when you have an open shot? Pass it to Russ. Let Russ give you the ball. And that's exactly what they did. This is why I say I congratulate Russell Westbrook. That's an incredible accomplishment. Nonetheless, I don't take anything away from that. But there's a bit of stat padding involved. And yes, I know the NBA cannot be played like they played in the 90s and even the early 2000s the way they're playing the game now. I know things have changed. Things have evolved. Things have gotten softer. Some things have gotten more scrutinized i understand the game has changed okay but at the same time i don't recall people like magic johnson people like oscar robinson people like john stockton stat patty or being accused of stat patty russell westbrook has been seen to stat pat so how much how much reverence can we give this record because to me, not as much as everybody wants to give you. And I know everybody wants to celebrate Russ and cheer him on and high-five him, and that's all fine and great. But let's get to the truth of the matter. Russell Westbrook has to get these individual accolades because he knows full well he'll never win an NBA championship. And there were a couple of people in the media world that I had a conversation with, and some even argued with me about it because they were so like the ball wash Russell Westbrook and you know who you are that they couldn't see the forest for the trees meaning Russell was a good player not taking anything away he's probably an excellent player is he great no because he has no hardware and I to me that's what separates excellent from great 
if you don't have the hardware to back it up then what the hell am i calling you great for and what the hell are you playing for as a whole if you're not playing to get a chip and russell westbrook has not won a chip and he's not built to win a chip this is not a guy you build your team around that's been proven you can argue with me all you want has he has he even sniffed the draws of the nba finals since the year he went with kevin durant and okc with a young and up-and-coming james harden no the closest he's gotten is to a conference finals and they lost three games to one i mean it's gonna be four games to three rather because they were up three one but you tell me if you had a choice between choosing kd or russell westbrook to lead your team who would you choose because i know who i would choose I choose Kevin Durant and say what you want about Kevin Durant leaving OKC you could say you can question his moves but guess what he was an instrumental piece in Golden State getting that ring because there were times throughout that season they had to heavily rely on Kevin Durant there were times when Clay Thompson got hurt there were times when Steph Curry got hurt and missed games who do they rely upon Kevin Durant you take Kevin Durant out that equation they wouldn't want to chip I guarantee and I'll say this again Props to the Toronto Raptors for winning their title. But you tell me with a healthy Kevin Durant clicking on all cylinders, you tell me the Golden State Warriors wouldn't be champions again and, and Kawhi Leonard would not have a, a ring if it weren't for uh, uh, injured Kevin Durant. Because a healthy Kevin Durant would have snatched that title, helped the Warriors snatch that title in a heartbeat. That's how influential and powerful Kevin Durant is. And hell, he might do it this year with the Brooklyn Nets. Who knows? But we know Russell Westbrook won't. And again, I'm not knocking Westbrook. I love watching Westbrook play. I loved it when he was at UCLA watching him play. Dude is a phenomenal talent. Just doesn't have enough to get to the mountaintop. We saw what happened in OKC. He had Paul George. Great number two. Now he's in with the Wizards with Bradley Bill. So he knows he got to win individual accolades. He knows it. Because he, he knows whether he wants to admit it or not. He can say, oh, you know, I made it, you know, coming from a kid from L.A. And that's all fine and great. And that's he's absolutely true in that. Everybody doesn't make the NBA. There's 450 spots. So you're very fortunate. You should, you should definitely pat yourself on the back if you make the NBA. And make a roster and make an impact in the league as much as Russell Westbrook has made an impact. But what are you playing for? Everybody, most of those guys play for chips. If you listen to the greats, listen to Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson wish he had another opportunity to get back to the NBA Finals. Listen to, to Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony wish he could get to the NBA Finals. But all the great ones. Like LeBron, D. Wade, the late great Kobe Bryant, Kevin Garnett, Shaquille O'Neal. You know, Penny Hardaway wish he could get back to the finals. Patrick Ewing wish he could get back to the finals and win a chip that time. Excellent players. Just couldn't get the job done.
So I ain't knocking. I'm not rocking Westbrook. I just feel like, you know what? Russell Westbrook will remember him as a great individual player. But you won't remember him for hardware. But the guys I just mentioned, multiple champions. And to me, that is exactly what you look for. So congratulations once again to Russell Westbrook for eclipsing the great Oscar Robinson. But let me tell you something. Don't overlook the fact that everybody talks about, oh, man, you hate no Westbrook. Yeah, sometimes the truth hurts. And if the truth fits, the shirt fits. You know, if the shoe fits, find a matching shirt. That's what I say. Now, the WNBA and Google seem to be in partnership together. The WNBA announced that the Google will become a WNBA changemaker through a new multi-year partnership that will drive engagement during many key moments throughout the season. Uh, you say, well, what the hell does that mean? Well, let me explain it to you. What it means is that the w, as a WNBA changemaker, Google commits to helping women's basketball and sports by developing initiative marketing, marketing excuse me, activations and robust storytelling by enhancing Google product experiences. So that means Google's going to collab with ESPN. Uh, they're going to do a 25 for 25, which is 25 regular season games with the ESPN networks on the 25th season of the WNBA. Um, they're going to become associate sponsor of ESPN's 30 for 30 and ESPN Films uh, series this spring, which is sponsored uh, the W, excuse me, the ESPN W Summit in New York City. Um, they also become the official trends and fans inside partner of the WNBA. Um, and they also will become the associate partner of the WNBA All-Star Game and the WNBA Commissioner's Cup. Then um, I do believe they are the fourth company uh, to become a part of this with along with Nike and AT&T. Uh, and there's another company that, I, that escapes my memory, but... The WNBA, it seems like they're on the rise. I, I really hope they continue to improve their marketing because their marketing still ain't up to par. And I've said, you've heard me on this show, you've heard me probably on another show saying the WNBA marketing stinks. But they definitely have improved somewhat. I will give them credit for that. But they got a long way to go. And the thing about it is, if you want to continue to build this, this, this organization and build this league, you have got to definitely incorporate yourself and you got to be able to, to put pressure on some of these these uh networks like ESPN and FS1 to start creating more content and more shows surrounding the W because these young ladies have a story to tell. You know, you see Angel McCotry, what she's invested in. You've seen what uh 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 you know several other uh, young ladies have continued to parties what Chanea Gumake has done about doing a documentary about the, the ladies being in the wobble, better known as the bubble during the 2020 season. You know, it's going to be stories like that. There are a lot of people, including myself and my company. There are a lot of other people that are continuing to bring stories to light with the W and the WNBA needs to start partnering with a lot of these media companies. You know, you look at Christina, uh, Christina Williams, who owns Girls Talk Sports TV. She's done a phenomenal job bringing more attention and awareness to the WNBA. Um, H&B Media. 
They already got a WNBA player that has her own show. They produce her, her own show. You know, Nightcast Media, we could, we've been covering the W for years. And we're continuing to cover more teams. The WNBA needs to start partnering and getting in bed with a lot of these media companies. Because that's the only way you're going to get out there. You can't just rely on the ESPNs and the FS1s and, and Yahoo. And, 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 and I'm not knocking any of those companies. I'm just saying those are the only ones you can't partner because they seem larger than life. Because the companies that are on the ground and continue to ascend to higher heights are the ones that are going to keep your help keep your league afloat. There are the comp- those are the media companies that are going to present various perspectives to our audiences that don't pay attention to W or may not pay attention as much to the W as they did before because we're going to draw more interest about making their players and broadcasting their players out there to make them seem more larger than life and more uh, connected, I should say. And make them seem more human, meaning they're more touchable, they're more reachable. So that's what the WNBA is going to have to start doing. It's great that you have a partnership with ESPN or Fox Sports or Yahoo or you know Google and all these other companies. That's fantastic. But if you want to continue to keep the league afloat, you have to start partnering with the media companies that I mentioned. I'm sure there's several other companies. Uh, Daniel Artest has a, has a has a, a media company. You know, it's Ron Artest's brother. Great media company. You know, start partnering with companies that really give a, have a vested interest, not just from a financial standpoint, but from from a a a a, a, a heart standpoint. Meaning, they want to raise the pulse of the league. They want to more. They want to help put more eyeballs on the league. Those are the ones. Uh, Commissioner Engelbert and the WNBA board, those are the people you need to pay attention to. Because let me tell you something, the stuff that ESPN and Fox Sports and all these other companies don't cover, guess who's going to bring them to life? Us. Think about that. Stick that feather in your cap. All right, y'all. That is the end of our show for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, make sure you download, subscribe to me on all streaming platforms at TMA with Nick Hamilton. Make sure you check us out every week on every Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, right here on Sirius XM, Slam Radio 145. Thank you to everyone over at Slam Radio, everyone at Sirius XM, and everybody at Nightcast Media. Thank you so much. Make sure you follow me on all social media platforms, or at least Instagram and Facebook at Nick Hamilton LA. And also follow me on Twitter at Nick Hamilton 213. And also catch all your latest and greatest in the world of sports, pop culture, tech, and lifestyle on the brand new media site that is nightcastmedia.com. That's N-I-T-E-C-A-S-T-M-E-D-I-A.com. Nightcastmedia.com. All right, y'all. Until next week, stay sharp. Uh, We will be having a brand new format in the next couple of weeks. So make sure you stay tuned and find out about that. Also, I'm giving away a pair of Dodger tickets. So if you're in the Los Angeles or Southern California area, I will be giving away Dodger tickets. Make sure you hit me up on my social media platforms for all the information and all the details. I'm giving away a pair of Dodger tickets. Don't want to miss out on that because the Dodgers could be on their way back to the World Series, and you want to be a part of history in the making. All right, y'all, until next week, take care, stay sharp, I'm out.
The views and opinions expressed on TMA with Nick Hamilton Extra Dose are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.